Almost Daily Devotional Without Faith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Almost Daily Devotional. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Coming to you today with some thoughts that God has really been laying out of my heart as far as comfort zones, fear, living by faith, and so much more. And, of course, I want to share with you my thoughts on the Almost Daily portion of Almost Daily. That's right, folks. Right now, I am currently scheduled to bring to you Almost Daily Devotional twice a week. And I've kind of put that as a, as a goal. And I've only been doing it once a week uh, so far, starting the week off with a devotional thought and, and in the middle of the week getting a little sidetracked. And be honest with you, sometimes I feel convicted about that. Sometimes I still spend an, a, a good deal of time in prayer and and in meditation on what it is God's teaching me, laying on my heart. And sometimes I just don't get a chance to hit the record button as much as I want to. Uh, because God has been blessing me in so many other areas with consulting clients that, that bring on some obligations, which also are the result of the many blessings. So I'm a little tossed up here and there from time to time, but um, I just want to let you know today's devotional thought is going to be longer than the normal 10-minute session, and that's because I recognize that these are, you know, these devotional thoughts are not coming out on anywhere near a daily basis right now. Um, that there's there's no guarantee one way or the other. Hopefully, maybe one day, I'll see this as the most important thing, the most important program that I do. And if that's the case, then maybe it becomes that ten minute a day day show. Uh, but for right now, let me just share with you what God's really been laying on my heart through various books that I've been reading. Through my experience of uh, leaving my career in insurance and and following what I believe a call to be a calling from God to share my life online and to share um, thoughts of living a more balanced life, talk, talks uh, talks about getting healthy, uh, being the husband and father that I'm being called to be, sharing all these things in entertaining ways. Uh, educational ways, encouraging ways, and inspirational ways. These these things. Doing all of this was a major risk and challenge for me. And so I've been learning a lot through this process. And I've shared here on the Almost Daily Devotional in the past that for the first time in my life, I really understand what it means to live by faith. Not that I'm asking you guys to set me up on some pedestal, because trust me, I, I don't deserve that. But what I'm saying, though, is that for the it freaks me out. You know, it's like, dude, I'm actually living this stuff out. Uh, at least some of it. I, there, oh, trust me. Please don't put me on a pedestal because there are so much that I am aware of that I need to do or need to stop doing. That that you know. I, that trust me, I, I just don't deserve to be on any pedestal. But when it comes to getting out of the comfort zone, putting things at risk, and trusting God um, with certain areas and aspects of my life, I, I'm starting to experience that, and 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 maybe not to its fullest, but it's something that God's calling me to do. In, on a on a on an increasing basis. So, also God's been speaking to me through the various sermons, the series of sermons that have been preached at my local church, Watermark Community Church, 
And uh, if you don't know about it, there there is a, I actually produced the Watermark sermons for them in a podcast form, so you can go and check that out uh, over at watermarkcc.net uh, if you're interested. But anyway, here are some things that God's really been laying on my heart, and that is that he has called me, and I believe many of you listening to this, and, and I don't dare speak for everyone, but there just seems to be something in my heart and in my mind that God is just impressing upon that he's not called us to be ordinary, normal, everyday people. I, you know, when I, when I think about the old stories in the Old Testament, I remember thinking about the giants of faith, you know, uh, Moses, who freed the Israelites and led the charge across the sea and, and freedom from the Egyptian army and, and uh, who, you know, basically led them through their desert experience and, you know, just just the giant of faith that stood up to, to the Pharaoh. And, and, and then you think about, you know, Gideon, who freed the, uh, the Israelites from the Midianite army. And and just so many different things that and I'll share stories of that. You know, I think about these guys. And it's like you know, well, gosh, what happened to all the other people in the Old Testament? Why do we only you know out of all these thousands of years of church history or 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 the history of God's people? Let's just say, um, what 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 is it about having only a, a handful of people that we look to? And and I was very excited today. Uh, to hear about Benaniah. Now, I don't. I'm not even going to recall the story for you. Anything like that. I only just re, just barely was listening today as uh, my pastor was preaching, because some of the things that he said about this guy named Benaniah, which chances are you don't, you've never even really thought of him. You may have actually read uh, about him in a couple different verses as you were reading through a certain book of the Bible, and probably passed him over, but. It turns out, if you look, there are people in throughout the scriptures that are that were amazing people, people to take note of. And I believe that God wants us to be people that people take a note of. All right? Uh, first of all, one of the things that, that God's been laying on my heart, the truth, is, and, and, it's, and this all revolves around living life by faith. You know, taking God at his word, trusting him. And, and listening to his call, because sometimes his call is to do uncomfortable things, things that, fr- frankly, scare the crud out of us. And so with that thought, you know, I, I, I look at Moses, first of all. And if you haven't read the story of the calling of Moses, go to chapter 3 right away, uh, with, sometime within the, within the next week, um, if, if possible, even today sometime. Uh, turn to Exodus chapter 3 and read the story of the calling of Moses. First of all, Mo, you know, and, and I'll kind of just cut it down to the quick and dirty if you don't mind. God says, hey, uh, Moses, listen, this is me. I'm God. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of, his, out of, out of Egypt. I'm, I'm, my people, the Israelites, I want you to free them from the slavery of uh, the the life of slavery that they're living in Egypt. I want to bring. I want you to go to the Pharaoh and demand that he let let everybody go. Moses says, "Well, uh, okay. Uh, what do I say?" And he said, gives him some things. And then Moses says, "Well, what if they don't believe me? Or what if they don't listen to me?" Uh, and God says, "Well, do this and that," and reassures him pretty much. And then Moses says, "Oh, but but." Uh, 
but God, you know this is me, Moses here, right? I mean, hello. I, I, it's cool that you've introduced yourself to me, but you might not know this, God. But uh, well, I've never been uh, 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 an eloquent speaker, you know. I, I mean, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. Pretty much, God, I'm I'm slow with speech and tongue. I mean, I'm probably probably not the best guy. You know, and God reassures me. He's like, listen, who gave man his tongue? He's like, you don't think I know you? God? I mean, come on. Am I not calling you? And Moses says, and, and finally, Moses, you know, God reassures him, gives him all assurance and everything. And finally, Moses says, oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. And, of course, God got a little upset with Moses, uh, to say the very least. But uh, you know the rest of the story. And if you don't, go to Exodus chapter 3 and read it. It's a great story. But but to, to think about the fact that Moses, this giant of the faith, he started out, you know, much like you and I, an average, ordinary, everyday guy who had an encounter with God and God asked him to do something that scared the crud out of him. Seriously. That that that's Moses, and and when Moses when Moses was offered the the um, advice of what God wanted him to do with his life, what did Moses like just say? Oh God, I've been waiting for you to give me the call. Whatever you say, I'll give it all to you. No, that's not what we see. We see a man who struggles, who questions God. But what? What if? But what? I mean, how about if this? You don't understand, God. I'm not your guy. How many of times have we been like that in our lives? So then we move on to to Gideon. You know, now if you don't know about Gideon, you can read about. Uh, I would start with like the Book of Judges, chapter six. Chapter 6, and it'll start off and it'll tell you how the Israelites had been stuck in the land of the Midianites, and things weren't going so great for them. In fact, they would plant crops, and and as soon as it came time to harvest them, the Midianites would come and overtake their lands. Uh, the Israelites had to retreat into like little, uh, little, uh, I guess burrows inside of a cliff. I mean, they, I mean, they were cowardly and hid away, and 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 basically the Midianites came and took everything and, and destroyed everything. They, uh, in fact, whenever that time came, they would make sure that they didn't leave any animals left. I mean, just really, just completely uh, plundered everything. And so the 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 Israelites cried out to God, and God had a plan. And he had a plan to use an ordinary, everyday, average guy. And his name happened, name happened to be Gideon. And an angel, an angel of the Lord came up to Gideon one day. Just imagine this, okay? Just an average, ordinary guy. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior, is how he's approached. And Gideon says to, to this angel, he says, listen, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. Where is God now? God's dead. I mean, I mean that's, that's pretty much what Gideon says. It's like, and, and here, the, you know, we're greetings, mighty warrior. No, seriously. I mean, Gideon was just like Moses. And you know what? Just like you and I. Uh, that, that, just like me, just like me, 
the Lord turned to him and said, go in strength and you have, and let's see, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? You know, it's like reassuring him. Listen, I'm sending you go with the strength that you have, which is strength, you know, in his mind, very weak. How do we know that? He goes, uh, but, but Lord, but, but, but Lord, Gideon asks, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. You say go in in the strength that I have. I have no strength. And the Lord said, I'll be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. And Gideon says, like Moses, you know, Gideon's basically like Moses has so many reservations. He says, okay, God. Well, if it's really you, how about you do this? And he goes, oh, but, okay, let me, okay, so, yeah, okay. Now let's see you do this. You know, well, if, okay, wait, please don't get angry with me. Prove to me one more time that it's really you. Now do this. And God does it all. He's very patient with him. Uh, and just as though God was very patient and and knew God knew that he picked the right guy to do the, the crazy, insane-sounding thing that God asked him to do. And uh, basically, a little further down in the story, um, Gideon decides, okay, I'm going to do this. He tells people, and, and all of a sudden, the Israelites got gathered together. It's like, hey, God's, God's back. You know, God's on the scene again. And so, so Gideon has all these people together, and guess what the Lord says? He goes, God goes to uh, Gideon and says, hey, you have too many, many, too many men for me to deliver, to deliver Midian into their hands. Uh, in order that Israel may not boast against me uh, that their own strength has saved her, announce to now to the people that anyone who trembles with fear may go may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So twenty two thousand men left, and ten thousand men remain. So basically, Gideon must have done. I mean, God really rallied and got Gideon excited about. The fact that God was with him. He stepped out on faith. And guess what? Guess what? 32,000 men show up. Now, 22,000 of those men are shaking in their boots. And God says to tell him, say, listen, you know, this is too many people. They're going to think that if they win, that they did it in their own hands. And and I want to show that it's through my strength and not theirs that I've delivered them. So send those people away. So 10,000 people remained, and the Lord says to Gideon, there's still too many. I mean, come on. Uh, anyway, it turns out that in, in the end, God told him, you know, do this. And when it came down to it, he says, with the 300 men, with these 300 men, 300 men, I will give you the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other men go to his place. What an impossible task. What an outrageous, crazy idea. You know, and, 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 and so you think about what God asked Moses to do. You think about what God asked Gideon to do. And again, go and read Exodus chapter 3. Go and read Judges chapter 6 and 7. Seriously, read these stories. And imagine the fact that these people really are just like you and I. I mean, really are just like you and I. And, and I mean, they were approached by God. And so the thing is, is that God is calling us, I believe, to do crazy, 
out there things. So many times we're caught up in living our day-to-day lives and doing it within the parameters of what everybody else has taught us we should do. You know, cultural things of the day, you know, tells Moses nobody goes up and tries to gain audience with the Pharaoh to tell him to let, you know, to, to pretty much say, hey, you know, God told me to tell you to let his people go. And, you know, pretty much military history up to that point would probably say 300 guys against the entire Midianite army, not such a great idea. His pe- there had to be people that thought he was absolutely off his rocker. You know, conventional wisdom says, you know, you're making $85,000 as an insurance agent, and all of a sudden you want to go into an industry, start a, a business uh, based upon something that nobody else is really doing at this time, you're entering into the to the probably the second Great Depression. Uh, the economy has ta- taken a major downturn. It doesn't make much sense to leave your uh, your traditional job with as much job security as one can have and go out and start a venture on your own. It doesn't make sense, but when God calls us to do something, we need to answer. You know, I was reminded in the story uh, today when the when our pastor was preaching, uh, he was talking about this guy named Benaniah, and and if you go and look for the sermon for this week, which uh, the the sermon date was uh, today, Sunday, May third, as I'm recording this. Um, anyway, if you listen to that story, it was a great story. Uh, I, I look forward to hearing the sermon because I was taking all the notes of things that I'm sharing with you now. Uh, <laughs> to to the, I was I was just so inspired by all of this that God had been laying on my heart. I wanted to come and share it with you guys. So so one of the things that came out of somewhere in the middle of the sermon, my pastor brought out Hebrews eleven chapter eleven verse six. It says, "And without faith, it's impossible." To please God, and 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 it didn't stop there. And you know, and almost to be honest with you, I don't like it when when anybody ever quotes a scripture and and they they leave out you know the rest of the sentence because it's not a and with faith it's impossible to please God. Period. That's not a complete thought. It says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. But anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. All right, so it, it, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, let me just share with you a couple other things. And like I said, normally I would think about breaking this into like five different almost daily devotionals. But since this may be the only one that's coming this week, I, I hope that you'll allow me to be about you know 20 to 25 minutes on, on this today. Um, so I wrote down in my notes, and, and I'm just going to go through here. God wants us to be more than ordinary. Um, God calls us to do some things that we're afraid to do. Uh, I've talked to you about Moses and Gideon. Um, the question is, are we living extraordinary lives? Do people see God's power at work? You know, when when people see me Twitter, it's like, hey, I just paid the bills. Thank you, God. You know, I mean, people people who follow and know what's going on in the gspn.tv community, you know what? They understand what that means. And that shows the power of God. It, it you know, sure, I am I am inspiring people through the strength that I have. 
through the strength that I have. And I'm not that strong of a person. And some people will say, oh, my gosh, Cliff, but if you only knew how strong we, how much strength we see in you. Understand this. You see God's power through my obedience to doing what God is calling me to do. And I can tell you right now, it would even seem much more if I would just learn to be more obedient in so many other areas of my life. So are we, I wrote down that, are we, are we living extraordinary lives? And I believe I'm living an extraordinary life. I mean, not that I'm saying, hey, look at me, woohoo, I'm special. But no, my life is out of the norm. And God has called me to be out of the norm. You know, this idea of, of living outside of the United States with my family for two years and seeing the world and, and doing something that, you know, not too many people do, it's all born out of this idea of just taking a risk, leaving the comfort zone and trusting God to do amazing things in our lives. Not just like, oh, well, let's just go do it and, and at the flip. No, I mean, there's... There's, you know, what person goes to war without yet weighing the cost. I mean, there's, there's, there's pertinent. There's, I mean, I didn't just leave my career without having any idea. And I certainly didn't leave my career in insurance without lots of wisdom from, from many counselors. You know, Proverbs 15, 22 says plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. You know, and in Proverbs eleven fourteen, it says, for the lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. So, you know, the, we don't, I don't believe in doing anything out without having some wisdom and some discernment, having some well, uh, some, con, some advisors from various backgrounds to help you make some decisions. But the thing is, is the question is, dif- discern what is God calling us to do? And then we need to get beyond our fears, and we need to move forward. Uh, and, and listen to this. I, this is something I just wrote down while I was in, in, in church today. Get beyond our fears. Move forward with a bold life following what God calls us to do. What is God calling you to do today? The question is, without faith. Without faith, what do we got? We've got our power. We've got our strength. You know, it, it's, it's, he's, God says, go with the strength that you have. And it's like, okay, I got that, my strength. I'm the weakest, I'm a member of the weakest clan, and I'm the least of those guys. So pretty much, you couldn't have picked anybody lower than me on the totem pole. Thank you, God. You know, <laughs> here I am. How do you feel? Do you not feel that way? I do. Honestly, you may think that Cliff's this, you know, this uh, bold initiative kind of guy. And to be honest with you, I'm really not. So much of what I do today is so contrary to who I've always been in life. I've always been a follower. I mean, maybe there's been some tendencies for leadership and some desire for leadership, but I've never been eloquent at it. That's for the very sure. And and those of you who listen to my podcast on a regular basis, you know that I'm not eloquent at all of this stuff all the time. But I move forward in the strength that I have. And that strength that I have, you know, God's gifted me with a lot but in the in the realm of things there are so many people who are who are of greater clans of stronger clans and are higher up in the clans that they're a part of so but the thing is i don't let that get me down what has god called me to do and he called me to be where i'm at today recording this podcast is something i believe god has called me to do and i believe god's calling you to do something but without faith 
it's impossible to please God. Without faith, faith, it's impossible to, for us to get beyond our fears. Without faith, it's impossible for us to move forward. And without faith, it's impossible to leave an extra, lead an extraordinary life. You know, I really believe in this model of, you know, I remember the, you know, being a part of the evangelical church, you know, the idea of trying to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing and telling people about the story of Jesus and who he is and stuff like that. And I remember back in the day when people say, well, you know, I don't believe I have to sit there and try to convince everybody I can just live my life and people will see Jesus in me. You know what? I believe there is some truth to that. And I remember used to mock that. It's like, well, you know, it's, that's one thing, but, you know, the, eh. Are you afraid? It's like, you know what? I'm not afraid to acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I do. But I believe that when we lead lives of extraordinary faith, God is going to be so clearly visible that people all of a sudden, they just recognize, oh, that's one of them believer guys. You know, that that's one of those guys who follows Christ. And, and I know this to be true because, you know, I have... You know, I've I've done over a hundred episodes of podcast answer man. I don't do a lot of faith based stuff, but people say, you know what? I had a sneaking suspicion that you were a man of faith. You know, and same thing for the the Lost podcast and and the Grey's Anatomy podcast that I produce. You know, it's, it's like I had a I had an idea. Yep, you guys are Christians. I knew it. You know, and and how do they get the, how do how do they attribute the 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 characteristics of following Christ? If we don't make a point to say we live it out in our daily lives, are you living an extraordinary life? It's impossible to do without faith, is what God's been laying on my heart. And I'm going to wrap it up with just you know what is this faith thing? You know, and and I'm not going to give you some kind of definition. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, and blah blah blah. No, let me just share with you what I read out of a little devotional guide. Um, recently, and I, and I would give you full credit for it if I knew where it came from. But but here's the ideas, and and I'm reading this right out of my journal where I wrote it down. This as it came to my mind today. When we sit down in a chair, do we consider whether or not it's going to support us when we place all of our weight on it? Seriously, when you sit in a chair, I, how many times do you sit in a chair during the day? Whether it be at a restaurant. Whether it be at a conference where they're all set up, whether it be your your chair at home, how many times do you sit in a chair? And and when you sit in a chair, how many times do you actually sit there and think, oh my goodness, I wonder if this is going to support my weight. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't question it very often. I just plop right down. Sometimes the more tired and, and worn out I am, the harder I hit that chair. And you know what? I have faith in that chair. I have faith in the people who built that chair. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen somebody who sat down in a chair and it collapsed? Yeah, I mean, come on, you have, right? And and are you like me and that you just laughed your butt off? I mean, seriously, I know that's not the Christian way to do things, but you know, it it's kind of funny sometimes, isn't it? Especially if they're not hurt too bad. Uh but but the thing is 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 we rarely doubt a chair. Most of us has either had a chair collapse on us once in the past or we have seen somebody sit down in a chair. I mean, just go to YouTube and I'm sure you put Chair, you know, chair collapsed or something like that, and and you'll find something to laugh at there. But the thing is, is many of us have have witnessed a chair 
failing to do what a chair is supposed to do. And yet we sit down in chairs on a daily basis without ever blinking an eye, without ever having any hesitation. We have faith that the chair is going to support us. What about a light switch? Have you ever turned on a light switch and all of a sudden there's the big, huge, gigantic, bright flash and then a pop? And then all of a sudden darkness, you know, the light bulb burned out, kind of freaks you out, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but there have been times that just like all of a sudden my heart leapt out of my chest. Whoa, what was that? I mean, have you ever turned on a switch and simply nothing happened? And, and Okay, okay, seriously, you know, it's okay. It's just me and you here right now. Have you ever turned on the light switch and nothing happened and you turn it off and you turn it up again and you just like you, you do it a couple times and still nothing happens? Seriously, you've been there, right? Or Okay, maybe I'm the only one. But anyway, I've done that before. But the thing is, is why? I have faith that the light switch is going to work. When, when, when I turn on a light switch, in my mind, there is only one outcome I see as a possibility. I have complete and utter faith turning the light switch on creates light in the room. That is it. Now... Have I ever seen a light bulb burn out? Absolutely. Many more light I've seen I've witnessed many more light bulbs burning out than I have ever seen uh people collapsing in chairs. All right? Have I ever seen uh have I ever turned on a light switch and there be no power that there you know maybe there was a power failure? Absolutely. It's happened before. But you know what? I can guarantee you the last 2000 the last 2,000 light switches that I turned on, I had no doubt in my mind. It wasn't even a thought, a hesitation, an anxiety. There was no consideration. The only outcome in my mind when I hit that light switch was that light was going to come on. That is having faith. You know, and, and so all of a sudden, we, you know, when it doesn't happen, we're shocked. And why? It's because we trust in power. When we think about this light, we trust in power that we cannot see. You know, we trust in the switch, you know, that it's going to do what it's supposed to do. We expect it to work. That's what faith is. We sit in the chair. We expect it to hold our weight. That's what faith is. And the question, my friends, how many times have we seen those things fail us and we still have faith? And then the other question, and this is the big one. This is the one that God is is really saying, hey, Cliff, seriously, you know, think about this one. The question that I'd like to end with, how many times has God failed us? You know, how many times has God failed us? You know, you might you might say to God, but hey, you know, if you're with us, what happened? What What's going on here? You know, we're all the wonders that, you know, our fathers told us about what, you know, why did the Lord, you know, he's, he's abandoned us. He's left us in the hands of Midian. You know, you didn't see my, you know, my grandmother on her deathbed, or you didn't see my little baby brother who died at three years old. You didn't see this person with cancer. You know, maybe you feel that God has, has, has failed you. The truth is, though, and I believe we all really deep down in our hearts, I believe that we believe this somewhere, somewhere we believe and, and, and really know that God has never failed us. He has never let us down. But way too many times, way too many times, we fail to have faith in God. 
to expect him to do the things that he says he's going to do. You know, each month when I go to pay the bills, and guess what? Today is May 3rd, 2009 as I record this. I'm getting ready. As soon as I'm done with this recording, I'm going to sit down and pay the bills. And you know what? This is the 15th month in a row where I'm going to be able to pay all the bills. You know, and and after I pay all the bills, I'm going to write myself a paycheck. And oh my gosh, here I am, the 15th month. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I still think, oh my gosh, is there, dear God, is there going to be enough money to pay the bills again in June? You know, God, are you going to come through? Are you going to send me? A, God, thank you so much for all the people who hired me for as a podcast consultant. Thank you for all the plus members that we have. Thank you for all those people who bought equipment. But are, are the people who are plus members, are they going to stay plus members? Are we still going to increase the number of plus members we have? Are, are we still going to have, am I still going to have new consulting clients that, you know, because I've pretty much taught all these people, not just, I didn't just give them a fish. I taught them how to fish. So, you know, I, I, they're not going to be dependent on me forever. So now I need new clients. Are those going to, are you going to bring those along? How are those people going to hear about me? Oh God, are you really going to do this? You know, these people all have their equipment that they bought, but, but you know, now who needs equipment? Are those people going to find out about me? You know, and I, and I have anxiety about these, but God says, Cliff, I've called you to this and your family is going to be taken care of 15 months now. That's 15 experiences of sitting. I pay the bills once a month, folks. 15 months straight in a row, God has not failed me yet. Without faith, it is impossible to believe God. Do you believe in God? Do you believe his promises? What's he calling you to do that's crazy, that just seems out of the out of the norm? He wants you to be extraordinary. He wants me to be extraordinary. What is it? And, and the question is, do we have enough faith in God that exceeds our faith in sitting down in a chair or turning on a light switch. May God richly bless you today. Bye-bye.